You are listening to the audio preaching podcast from Heritage Baptist Church in Corpus Christi, Texas, led by Pastor Johnny Che. Our church is dedicated to serving Jesus Christ and reaching the world by going forward with the gospel. We pray that you will be helped and blessed by this message from God's Word. It's been a good week, amen? amen? All right. Man, I love how God works things. Look at that. It's moving it out of the way. It drives me crazy. All right. Come me. I'm just waiting for it to break, right? It's like, uh, Pastor, man, he grabs a hold. He gets aggressive with it. It's been a good week. So, song service. I love singing these hymns. People get excited about it. I mean, okay, poor Gavin. Poor Gavin was sitting over here with me, and uh, he didn't know what he was in for. He's like, oh, no. Look, when we turned to Pentecostal power, all bets were off. It's like, sorry, sorry, buddy. (laughs) But the first one we sang, down in the valley, with my Savior I go. That's assuming we take him with us. Where the storms are sweeping and the dark waters flow. And the banner of the cross. I mean, come on, you can't not get excited about that one. Then before our king, the foe shall disappear. Amen. And the cross of the world shall. Oh, man, that is good. And look, these are my markers. Right, as we're going through these songs, I'm like, oh my goodness, this is, this is amazing. Right? So I just threw pens in there and Pastor's going to chastise me for messing up one of his hymnals, but that's okay. We can deal with that later. Off, off not here, please. Anyway, what a friend we have in Jesus. Amen. All, our, all our sins and griefs to bear. Look, this goes trials, temptations, trouble, weak, heavy laden. That's what I'm talking about tonight. Brother Scott asked me, he's like, what's the title of your message? I was like... I don't know. I mean, these notes, these are, look, y'all are lucky they're in some sort of coherent form. Because the way it goes, look, let me just, let me just step you through. Look, uh, I know why pastor does this. It's like, okay, everything's like Ben gets up here and he's like, you know, it's like a three point outline plus sub bullets, you know, beginning, conclusion, let us pray. It's college, right? That's what they teach you in college. Look, I went, I was more of the engineering stuff, Right. You know, talk calculus and like, you know, physics. That Oh, oh, let's do it. Man, that's the grammar and like outlines. It just, I don't know. It didn't work out. So pastor's like, you know what? We need to shake it up a little bit. I wonder what Dusty's doing this month. <laughs> <laughs> so I was, first of all, this is an amazing opportunity. I can't believe he still gives me the platform. I mean, junior church is usually where I belong. We have, you know, it's like I take a three-minute sermon and I stretch it into five minutes because that's all they can handle. <laughs> it usually takes, at a five-minute message, it usually takes me about 15 to 20 to get it across. Sit down, Shh, stop, stop moving. Stop, don't hit your brother. You know, I mean, I've had, look, I'm not, okay, it's family. I've had some fist fights in junior church. <laughs> I mean, hallelujah. You're like, what are they? Oh, they're into it. Look, you hadn't lived till you experienced junior church. So I was like, okay. I get the opportunity to stand behind the pulpit, open the sacred book. Amen. What am I going to preach on? So, I was like, I know I'm not eloquent. 
I don't do the three points. I'm used to preaching to kids under 12. It's like, ooh, I got an idea. I'm going to preach. It's the first of the year. Let's preach on a diet sermon. Like weight loss. Uh, okay. Oh, hold on. Hold on. It's biblical. It's biblical. Y'all stay with me now. 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 and 12. For even when... No, no, don't turn there because y'all are going to be... Look, I'll be waiting all night for y'all to get through these. As it is, there's no guarantee where we're going to land tonight. Okay? So, 2 Thessalonians 3, 10 and 12. For even when ye, um, we were with you, this we commanded you, that if any would not work, neither should he eat. But then I was like, you know what a diet, I'm not sure how this diet dream would go over. I was laying, you know, I was laying asleep one night and I had this dream and uh, as I, I saw, looked out into the fields and they weren't wild with harvest. The natives were restless and they had evil set against me. So we moved on. And then a message of encouragement, don't quit dieting one, Luke 137, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Hmm, no. Let's go the opposite. And not caring about weight loss, but striving to pack on the pounds. Tell me, really, when you read through the Bible, and you read like, you know, God uses the word fat, I mean, it's usually not in a negative context. Right? So I'm like, let's do it. Proverbs 13, 4, The soul of the slugger desireth, and hath nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Second <laughs> Timothy 2, 6, A husbandman that laboreth must first be partaker of the fruit. I mean... That'll preach right there, especially in a Baptist church. I mean, come on. You would have more body to present yourself a living sacrifice. <clears throat> and then, steadfast immovable. Don't quit, glutton. Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. <laughs> yeah, maybe on money. As pastor begins to squirm, he knows I'm not going to preach on money, so he'll be okay, but... Do all things, uh, no, no, nope. Proverbs 13, uh, 14, 23, in all labor there is profit, but the talk of the lips tendeth only to penury. Okay, no. Um, I hate whining. You can ask my daughters, I hate whining just about as bad as anything. It's even worse when adults do it. I mean, come on, grow up. That's free. <laughs> do all things without murmuring and disputing. Yeah, they got the parking lot, didn't the whiners? Amen. <laughs> what about a penny for your thoughts? Proverbs 16, 3. Commit thy works unto the Lord, and thy thoughts shall be established. What about being quiet? Oh, this one, this one was close. This one was close. 1 Thessalonians 4, 11. And that you study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands. Hard pass. You know what? Let's not. Let's not. Let's move on from that one. That's not going to end well for any of us, mostly me. Mark chapter 4. Let's see if you can find uh, verse number 35. It says, In the same day, when the evening was come, he saith unto them, Let us pass over unto the other side. And when they had sent away the multitude, they took him even as he was in the, in the ship. And there were also with him other little ships. And there arose a great storm of wind, a storm of wind, and the waves beat into the ship so that it was now full. Dear Heavenly Father, God, I need you tonight. 
God, it's been a good week and you've laid, you've laid some thoughts on my, on my heart that, God, I just want to relay to these people. God, we don't always do what we, what we ought to do uh, as a Christian, as, uh, as a fellow laborer in Christ. But, God, this is one area that we can, and it's not hard to do. But, God, if you'll help me, if you'll help me to relay this, use me tonight from the top of my head to the sole of my feet, God. Hide me behind the cross as I deliver what, uh, what you've given to me so that these people can see what you've given me. God, I need you tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Got to start with an, uh, an apology. I mean, there's probably a lot of things I need to apologize for, let's be honest, but I probably won't get around to those. Um, God's been working on me over the, over the last week. And, okay, for those of you who don't know, I don't just randomly sit out of church for weeks at a time. Um, this, this last time, uh, the Coast Guard sent me to Cabo Verde, West Africa. And while I'm there, super friendly people... There was one very eclectic, if you'll call it a church there, that Dusty was not going to attend. Um, so it was online. It was reading. Uh, I'm studying through Jeremiah right now. It's, but it ain't the same. And the less time that you're here in church with God's people, the more distant you become. Well, I watched it online. It ain't the same. Well, I read the, I read the Bible. It ain't the same. Well, you need to get along. I understand, but there's just something about being around God's people to get the encouragement that you need, the conviction. That's what I got from the preaching. And it wasn't from an online. It was sitting here with a preacher stomping and hollering and snorting and everything else like a good Baptist preacher should. So for me, last week, we're talking about revival. Do we need it? Hmm. Well, I'm like, well, yeah, we need it. Raise my hand. I Got to thinking about it, and it's like, I need it. Yep. As I read the Word, it just wasn't, it, it wasn't there. It was words. It wasn't impact. Okay. I spent more time in prayer. Um, some of the things that were maybe distracting me, put the cell phone away, put, uh, you know, extracurricular activities that they call honeydews in my house. Those can wait. Time with the kids, learning, knocking on doors. I was excited. I mean, the Cal Allen group, I was like, yeah, we have 700. No, it was like 12, 12 to 1,300 flyers we got passed out. Saw one saved. Amen. Okay. Sent out a whole mess of invites, like, please come to church. You know, we got a big day. Got a response. Look, if you get a response, in a positive response, you take it. Because yes. if you've never, look, if you're not doing it, then we should. Yeah. But I got to apologize because the sermon the other uh, was it Sunday night, taking it to Jesus together. I can't I can't go with y'all. I mean, though I'd spend thirty to forty five minutes every morning in prayer. It was anemic. So some of y'all asked for me to pray for you. And I didn't always get it done. I was busy. I was distracted. I was, I mean, pick any number of excuses you want to use. I mean, there's none. I didn't hold up my end of the bargain. Bargain. 
I've heard so many of y'all, y'all are in the thick of it. Be it medical, be it uh, children, be it, I don't know, relatives, finances. If we went around the room, show me if you're going through some sort of trial. Okay, let's just say half the, half the hands were raised. Then immediately I go to the other half. What are we doing about it? What are we doing about it? These people are dependent on us. I'm probably getting ahead of myself here, but that's okay. You know where I'm headed with this. I titled my message, Is It Worth It? And whenever, so I had, I had a whole other message out, I mean, another 13 pages already typed up, ready to go. It was, I mean, it's right up Brother Mark's alley. Uh, it was uh, um, what I learned from a work truck. You know, Christian, right? I mean, nothing else, you're going to remember it. You call it my junior church stuff. It comes in, you get a little crazy, but you're going to remember it. I typed it all out, and after Sunday night's message, it was a long three days for me. I spent the last, so I drove to Houston yesterday, drove to South Padre today. So roughly 14 hours in the car. Look, y'all will get the bill later for the fuel and the maintenance on the car. Look, it wasn't my dime. That's a, that's a government dime. <laughs> All right. There was preaching. There was Bible. There was biographies of those that have gone before. So we want that old Pentecostal power. You got to go back. But I did. I started thinking about all those times, all those, those things y'all had asked me to pray for. And I, oh yeah, I get to it. And maybe I do, but it's like, oh, uh, dear God, you know, please give, you know, Brother Mark hair. I mean, I don't know, whatever you pray for. Right? And then, then we go on. Look, I didn't want to hurt anybody's feelings with an actual prayer request. Look, he's already accepted it. He's moved on. He's been through the whole grieving process. You know, grieve, he's accepted. Right. Brother, it took me a week. It took me a week. So I started thinking, we're all going through trials. You might as well go ahead and zoom out because it's going to get crazy and it's like everywhere. Those trials of affliction that the others are going through, the ones that are dependent on me to take, take it to God in prayer like I'm supposed to, right? So they're going through these trials of affliction. And I got to thinking about times that I'd been through the same. So major trials, not like, uh, yeah, okay, Angela got another, you know, our 12th speeding ticket. Now how am I going to pay for this? No, not like that. But, she, by the way, she's never even been pulled over. <laughs> Whatever. She doesn't drive, right? <laughs> anyway, I'm talking about a real trial. Not something, okay, a test, right, I get it when you have a quiz or a test in college. Yes, that is a trial, but it, unless... You passing and graduating college, it's dependent upon that one test. I'd say that's probably not what I'm talking about here. That's not the type of trial. I'm talking like cancer, and it looks bad. I'm talking, uh, and we'll get into it in just a minute, I've got a wayward son. So for those of you who don't know, I've got a 24-year-old boy, almost 25. He is in Virginia right now, and uh, we'll talk about him in a minute. Life decisions that could alter your whole family's life, your life, 
So, I grew up on a farm, as we covered in like message one. I was going to be a farmer. I had made up my mind, I'm just going to stay on the farm. It's easy, it's comfortable, I know this. My dad was very quick to point out, no, you're not. You're going to college. My dad hated farming. After some discussion, and my dad, he's built like, like a, a brick outhouse. I mean, the dude was just massive. So, I mean, I'm like, okay, dad. <clears throat> he's like, you're going to college. And I, he's like, I'm paying, you're going. By the way, entire college tuition, $12,000. I paid for my own housing. It's not the same now. It's the, the 25 to 30K a year now, the same college. But whatever, I'm old, noted. Grieving process over. Um, so he's like, you're going to college. I said, okay, I'll go to college. And he's like, once college is done, then we can talk about you coming back to the farm. I said, fine. Went to college, got my degree, not going back to the farm. There's a better life out there. Look, I love farming deep, like deep in my core. I love farming. The track as we drive, we see the tractors. They're planting cotton in there. They're doing the corn and everything else. And it just, oh my word, I just want to be part of it. That is a hard life for anybody that's ever done serious farming. Like your livelihood is dependent upon that. There, there can be money right. if it goes right. And then there's the penury. If it doesn't, and then you're, you're struggling just to, you know, put beans on the table. And my dad didn't want that for me. He's like, there's other ways to, get, to make a living. So I said, okay, I go to college. Uh, I graduated college, and I didn't want to sit behind a desk for the rest of my life. I'm an outdoors guy, so I joined the Coast Guard. And uh, went to Cape May, New Jersey, then went to Petaluma, California for my school. And I had a choice. See, I could pick a job that would bring me into Texas, like along the coastal bend somewhere. Hey, be close to mama. I was like, no, let's go to California. Huh? Hmm. I got it. Mistake, I thought. Get to California. I'm on a ship. Law enforcement become life. Drug runners, you know, foreign countries. Well, it was just, it was a lot of fun. We can talk about that later. Started going to a church there. It's a church plant. Uh, I think Miss Angela and I showed up week two of this tiny little church, started by probably the most voracious soul winner I've ever seen. Uh, he was a uh, student of Bob Smith. His name's Pastor Mike Ray out in Napa, California. You know, on a big day, they, I mean, he reported seeing a thousand people saved. They'll bus in 1,500 on big days. They stuff them, in, they used to. I don't know what you do now, Pastor Ray, but they put them like in the overhead of the buses where you store luggage. Because they ran out of room. These people, you talk about a bus route, a bus ministry, yep. 30 minutes each way just to get to the location. Mm -hmm. And those buses were full every time. Amen. So, part, uh, anyway, so I was part of a church plant. That was my first experience. Soul winning. I, well, there's a first experience, a lot of stuff there because I was not exactly in church before that. Then... I traveled down south, heard some of the most amazing piano playing I'd ever heard in my life. There was a little, there's a small church down south, uh, south of San Francisco, and I watched this guy sit behind this beautiful piano, and I mean, he just tore it up. And I went up to him afterwards because I was just mesmerized. It's like, look at that. I was like, can I have that, the music that you just played? That was beautiful. That dude. 
He handed me, it wasn't even a good lead sheet for you, piano, for you uh, musicians. It was the melody line and a key signature. I said, where's the rest of it? And he goes, he's like, no, you just play the melody line and, you know, put a little fertilizer on it. <laughs> well, so if y'all are ever in California, south of San Francisco, a little church called North Valley Baptist Church, y'all should check it out. Um, it was incredible. I mean, it's still like, I get they had four pianos on there, four, two grands, two baby grands, organ, orchestra, and they're just like, Pah. Look, I'm blessed and highly caffeinated today. Y'all pray for me. <laughs> the disciples. So if you notice in that passage, the disciples are with Jesus. He's in the boat with them. He's sleeping right there. They, like, I think they have head knowledge and I have heart knowledge. He's the one that built the seas. He's the one that created the wind. He's the one that made the wind blow, right? He's in control of all of this. And there's other little ships out there too. So I got to think, okay, now these guys are scared. They're, they're, in, they're in a trial, right? Did they not think, oh, looks like there's a storm on the horizon, Right, because you know, if we know it's going to be bad, what do we tend to do? Mm-mm. Mm-mm. We'll go a different way. These guys, okay, these guys were like expert mariners, right? They're, they're rough. They're fishermen. Been doing this our whole life. So did they not look and say, that looks bad? Or did they see it and they're like, hmm, I've seen worse. Either way, they're getting into it. So Jesus is in the, in the boat asleep. And they go out there, and the wind, storm, the boat's filling with water. How in the world Jesus slept through this? You know what? I, that is, that's good sleep right there. He is. I, so I've stepped out. My first tour in the Coast Guard, I stepped out in 25-foot seas. So it's, the, the seas were a little taller than this, by like, you know, 5 to 10 feet. And I was on a big ship. You know, it's a 300-foot ship, and we would we'd come across the, the crest of the wave, and we'd head to the trough, and you'd have these non-rates, and we call them non-rates. They're, they're lower enlisted. They would go to the very front of the ship, internal, call it the bosun hold, and it was about that distance, and what they would do is that ship dropped off the, the crest, headed to the trough. They would jump to try to touch the overhead because as they jumped, the ship is coming down. Only problem is, if you missed the ladder, if you didn't catch it, the landing was nasty. Because not only are you following the ship down, when it hits, you're, man. 25 foot seas, the, no, the, the bow of the ship would disappear underwater. This is 300 and some odd feet of ship. And these guys were in a, what, a little boat? So they're scared. They got a trial on their hands. Back to my story. We'll get back to the disciples in just a minute. Moved to California. Church attendance. Part of this little church. Life's grants. Me and Angela, I'm gone three months, in three months. That's a lie. I'm out three months, in for a month, gone to school for a month, back for a month, gone three months. Like, I was never home. I was gone at least 24 of the 36 months. And Angela was thrilled to death. 
So during that time, we lived in military housing, and two doors down there was this little boy. His name was Steel, like the metal. His name was Steel. And it was a bad home life, really bad home life. One day, the mom, she came to us and said, hey, do you want him? She's like, well, you're either going to get him or the state's going to get him. <laughs> I didn't have kids. This was B.C. This was before children. <laughs> now, now, not only am I fixed to inherit a kid, he's 10 years old. And for you parents and anybody that's been around children any length of time, at 10 years old, things are set in that doesn't come out. I didn't know that. I had a pastor said, don't you dare. Don't you do it. It'll ruin y'all. Okay, that's not what I was expecting. Family, don't do it. Don't do it. Now, you just have your own kids. That's better anyway. Well, that's a gut check. Honey, it looks like it's just me and you. What are we going to do with this boy? Because if he goes back to the house, by the way, dad, the stepdad who was in the Coast Guard, avid porn, like everything. So that's what the boy was exposed to. Mom, you know what, not here. Mixed company. It's bad. Starved. He was um, emotionally abused, verbally abused, some physical um, it was bad. Comes into my house. <sighs> and we're trying to contend with all that. Oh, and we need to adopt this little boy. Because mom doesn't want him. She's prepared to sign over custody now. The biological dad is a, is a career E5 in the Army. He's working on nearly 20 years, and he's achieved the rank of E5. Okay, well, let's just, what do we, how do we start? Guardianship. Okay, court date. Guess who showed up to the court date? The biological dad. For three years, this went on. Three years. Court date after court date after court date. He would show up only to antagonize. Pain, fear, exhaustion, tears, financial. It cost in excess of probably $35,000, $40,000. For lawyer fees. And then, on top of all that, we had, we had child protective services in our house because we're going through the adoption piece, right? I'm trying to raise my son biblically, but now I'm contending with this. I have psychologists, court-mandated psychologists that he has to go to. And so, But then, all of that that is just gut-wrenching, and then I have this boy over here who has been abused for 10 years. And now I try to bring him into my house, and there's stuff like, I mean, he's autistic, ADD, uh, the abuse. Uh, and we're trying to contend with it. Ah! I lost a lot of weight during those three years. Because when I, for me, when I get stressed, I don't eat. I didn't eat a lot during those three years. I've, it's pretty rare that my countenance just drops to despair. That's where I was. Pastor, 
one of these court meetings said, what are you hanging on to, Dusty? What, you, what verse? <laughs> I was like, Hebrews 13, 5, let your conversation be without covetousness and be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I knew he was there. I knew he was there, but I couldn't see him. I couldn't hear him. He's gone. He's not there. He's left me. Did I mess up? Was it, is this my fault? Okay, should there have been a rudder correction back there that, you know what, should I listen to the pastor? Should I listen to my family that said, don't do it? Because they could see the heartache that was coming from this little boy? I'll ask you, how do you look a 10-year-old boy in the eye when his mother just came to you and said, hey, do you want him? What do you, how do you, no, 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 not really, I'll pass. I intend to have my own someday. February 25th, 2011, we got custody of him. The dad never showed up again. Finances, they were replaced. Tears got substituted with joy. And I have a son. Was it worth it? Yes. At the time, I didn't know. And there were days the answer was no. I, I can't do this anymore. Miss Angela tested. There's days I just, I can't. I can't deal with this. Not only do I have the, the external stresses, but this boy, he was moved to the fourth grade, but he's on a, probably a first, second grade level. How do you bring him up to where he's you know, functioning? And then you have all these doctors, CPS, all these people in my house critiquing how I'm raising this kid. And then I'm trying to fix what's been messed up. He's 25 years old or will be shortly. He still lives in Virginia. Um, he's made some choices that his mom and I don't agree with. We pray for him, but again, do I pray for him like I should? I don't understand why God drug, drug it on and on and on, but he did. For me, I gutted it out in California seven miserable years. Because if I wouldn't have been there for seven years, I would not have got the boy. Okay, God, I understand now. Moved to El Paso. That was fun. I, I actually, I enjoyed El Paso like a lot. Went to Rose's Cantina for you Marty Robbins fans. Don't, don't, don't raise your hand testifying now. We're in church. Pastor doesn't know who that is, so I think we're okay. <laughs> Went to Alaska, spent two amazing years in Alaska. God moved us to Virginia. I got a really cool job in Virginia. My dad got sick, nearly died actually, and Coast Guard was prepared to move me to San Antonio to stand up a new job there. Dad got better. And I'm like, okay, well, dad's better. And mom's like, no, I don't think you need to come home. It's not that urgent. And I said, okay, Coast Guard was going to leave me in Virginia. I get a call from the detailer. That's our assignment officer. He kind of doles out all this. He goes, okay, Dusty, uh, we're leaving you in Virginia, just like you and your command ask. All right, perfect, amazing. Told my pastor, told my wife, hey, we're staying here. You know, house is paid. Like everything was just, we were comfortable. A week later, bling, email. Oh, there's my orders. Corpus. <laughs> What's in Corpus? 
Let the Google ring. <laughs> what in the world? Got the orders followed by a sympathy, uh, a condolences email from the detailer. <laughs> I'm going somewhere. There was a trial. Sell my house, move, say goodbye to friends, say goodbye to the pastor. The pastor was my friend. Probably as far as outside of, uh, of my dear wife, probably my best friend. We started a church together. We went through all the suffering, the pain, and trying to bring that church to where it needs to be. His personal struggles with family, with my per and like everything was going together. And we come very close. And I had to go in and tell him, the Coast Guard's moving me to Corpus. <laughs> okay, God, look, you know. This is, Jonathan Edwards said, you know, I put my sail in the air. And let God blow. Let God send a wind. Yes, wow. I mean, what am I supposed to do with that? It's like, okay, God. I mean, I guess we're going to Corpus. Everybody's crying, and you know, there's that. Well, you should just get out, and what you should do is do this. I'm like, I don't know. Trials, afflictions, tears, anger, finances, all that stuff comes back. See, our disciples, they were in a trial. They're sitting there with the creator of the universe. There's a story. I'm not going to get into it because I don't know what time it is. Quite frankly, I don't really care. Okay, you say that. but <laughs> You're not staring at their faces, Pastor. Neither do we. <laughs> I don't know where it's going now. That's good. Moving on, I guess. Y'all, y'all got me. Our disciples sitting there with the creator of the universe. He's asleep. Look, whenever I went somewhere with dad, like we'd go walking at night and, you know, after dark and we're talking country. I mean, you know, no spotlights, no nothing. The moonlight's all you had out there running around. And I had killed some things. Like earlier that day, so I knew what was around. Right? You know, and here's Dad. And of course, he's like, you know, ain't nothing gonna touch him. What's he gonna do? They're gonna kill. They always kill the sick and the small. <laughs> I was the slow and the fat. They're getting me. The disciples have a choice. They can just say, you know what? Jesus is asleep. He said, we're going to the other side. Right. You know what? Start bailing water, boys. Let's just do what we can. But you know what? When he wakes up and starts panicking, then I'll panic. Right. Nope. They did what each one of us would have done. Wake up! You're not going to believe this! Okay, so we all get there. When I was going through that adoption thing, you're like, God, wake up. Do you not hear me? Why aren't you listening to me? I'm praying. I, I need you. I read you. I read and I pray and I'm asking you. I am on my knees begging you. Answer me, please. I need your help. I need guidance. I need wisdom. I need somebody to tell me what I should do. What they should have done was just wait. Do you know how hard it is to wait? I, 
Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego, we never see where they are fighting or resisting, arguing. They just went. And then they waited. And God showed up. I do not wait well. I'm not the most impatient person. I get it from my mother's side of the family. But I'm pretty close. So whenever trial comes into my life, I want to fix it yesterday. So it can be over with. Sometimes it's because I messed up. Sometimes it's completely out of my control. You know what? This is completely out of the disciples' control. It's like whenever health stuff. My uncle recently, I say recently, a couple years ago, he died. He was in uh, yeah, Vietnam, Vietnam, little Agent Orange, Agent Orange, got cancer. Okay, preventable? Yeah, back in Vietnam. But now there's nothing he can do about it. I mean, he was just subject to whatever was going to hit his body. They should have waited. And so often we jump trying to solve the problem. And when we do, we end up making it worse. If it's a financial crisis, maybe we take out a loan that we shouldn't. If it's a problem with our kids, maybe we don't pray for them enough. You know, maybe we, instead of, you know, trying to figure out a solution, maybe we just chastise them and say, Thus saith the Lord! Well, that's going to work for somebody who doesn't want anything to do with the Bible, isn't it? So they went, and they hollered, Jesus, don't you care about us? Don't you care that we perish? And Jesus wakes up, and, I mean, first of all, if, I, if somebody woke me up in a boat's full of water and we're in the middle of a storm, I'd be like, why didn't you wake me up like an hour ago? <laughs> I can't walk on water, though. i got to swim for it. But as we read on, he was in the hinder part of the ship, asleep on a pillow, and they awake him and say unto him, Master, carest thou not that we perish? And he arose and he rebuked the wind and said unto the sea, Peace be still. And the wind ceased. And there was a great calm. And he said unto them, Why are ye so fearful? How is it that ye have no faith? All of the trials that I went through with that boy, that Miss Angela and I went through, that even he went through, all of that was to bring us to where we are now. Okay? Miss Angela and I, we, we, ran a, we ran junior church and a youth group when we were in California. You know what? Those, those kids, they still get a hold of us. They're adults. They have their own kids. They have their own lives. And they get a hold of us? The other, the other day, Somebody paid me and Miss Angela a compliment that I, I, can't, I can't get over. I, okay, I, let's be honest. I got an issue with pride. It's kind of a big deal for me. I'm pretty proud of myself pretty much most of the time. Okay, look, testifying here. I know. This I can handle. What's happening right now, I'm good with. 
but it was genuine. Somebody come to me and Miss Angela, and, and they thanked us, and there were a lot of very encouraging words in there, but the thing is, there were other things behind the scene that a lot of people don't know about, and there were tears, and there is pain, and they put on a smile. So much so that most people have no idea. That's us. Us. We don't, we don't know. Because yep. why? We're living in our happy little life right now. Yeah, nothing terrible. I got Abby in. She's not in here, so she won't break down crying again. Um, Abby in homeschool. Look, if I can survive that, I can survive anything. Mm-hmm. That girl, she'll try your patience now. That's the biggest trial I have going on right now. Do I retire or not? You know what's up to God? Not transferring. What about a job? God will provide. That's me right now because things are okay. <laughs> but I know the individual I was talking to that the, the trials are much more severe, very real. And up until then, I had prayed for them but not like I should. The disciples would have waited. What do you think would have happened if the disciples would have waited? See, they got to see a miracle, right? Peace, be still. Well, I made it. Of course I can tell it to stop, and it's going to stop. What if they would have waited? What if they, during that trial they said, you know what? He, he said we're going across. How's he going to get us there? I don't care. That's not up to me. But they panicked. What, what did God have in store for them? What was God trying to teach them? We don't know. I mean, we don't get to find out. We don't get to learn from their mistake. Other than they got chastised and then they were scared to death that the creator of the universe was not happy with them. I told you. What did I tell you, Brother Matt? Five pages? I had 13. Brother Dusty, I'm hurting. I'm scared. My child this, finances that. I don't know what to do. Why do we treat it so lightly? Because we're not going through it? Yeah, that's exactly why. That prayer list that gets printed out, where's yours? Oh, that's just pastor making a list because he has nothing else to do. When's the last time you read it? What about this? I am as guilty as anybody. I pick up this, and there's only a handful of things I look at in this bulletin. That ain't it. Yeah. Yeah. I've seen it before. That's been on there since I got here two years ago. What am I doing? Toying with one of the greatest powers God gave me. I'm treating it like, oh, it's a nuclear weapon. No, don't push the button. Oh, yeah, no, yeah, no, yeah. What am I doing? 
Look, we are a family, and God worked on me so hard, I got to thinking about each and every one of you. As I poured through this church building, I see people, even you, Brother Dane, I see each and every one of you, and I know their struggles. Some of them I know about, some that I don't know about, but everybody has something going on. You have the option of going to prayer. You can take it to God, absolutely. Read, pray, study, take it to God, and earnestly, God, cleanse me of anything I don't need to, I don't need to have in there. Fix whatever I'm doing wrong. But then, God, keep me on my face. Let's get this fixed. Get me through this. Get me through the storm. Get us to the other side just like you promised. It'll be worth it. Wait. But see, then I have a responsibility. And, I'm, and then here, I, this is where it applies to everybody else. We have a responsibility. We are a family. A little, some of y'all are a little off, but we are a family. Every time I moved, I, didn't take, I did not take the church with me. I took my family. I come here. Y'all become my family. I should care about when something's not right. I should care about lost souls. I should care about those kids that get off the bus. I should care whether we want to renovate a house and I need help. Uh, if we're going to move, I need help. If it's a financial issue, if it's a spiritual issue, if it's an education piece, I should, bare minimum, take it to God in prayer for you. Earnest prayer, not dear God, help pastor to prepare for Sunday morning message. Amen. That is not what God wants. And I got to believe that God's like, no, I didn't even hear that. I don't know what you're talking about. Are yeah. you going to come to me like that? Creator of the universe and that's all you got? Thank you so much. By the way, I, I got you, I got you like the breath right here. I mean, do you realize that, I think it was Jonathan Edwards talking about a spider. Like is it, God's almost like holding, holding a, a spider web over a fire with a spider on it. We're the spider. I mean, realistically, the God of the universe could let it go. But he doesn't. And that's the one you're going to just be like, hey, how's it going, buddy? Slap him on the back. Right. For those of you going through a trial, I'm sorry. I hate the fact that you're going through a trial. I'm sorry I haven't been praying for you like I should have. I want to help you through it. And if that's all I can do, I want to do my best. Why? Because every trial I have ever been through taught me something. There was a point to it. Leaving home, Coast Guard, boot camp, traveling, the boy, getting married, whatever. It all taught me something. And if I would just took the easy road out, I would have never learned. Was it worth it? Yes. Every time was it worth it. When I was going through it, I didn't know. Having come through it, I can look at you when you're going through a trial and you say, I just don't know. Is it worth it? Yes, it will be. Take it to God. Let God get the, let God get the glory. Let God work on you. <sighs> Listen to a song this week. I love music. I mean, I love music. And he's still on the throne. Amen. Mm, old Satan has power and sometimes I'm weak. There are times I give up and he walks over me. Then someone comes by with words loud and strong. Arise, my child, I'm still on the throne. That's, the, that's what we have access to. If you ask Abraham, when he's on Mount Moriah, 
Was it worth it? When he's going through that with his son, he's like, I don't know yet. I don't, I, I don't know. I hope, it, I hope it will be. I'm trusting God with this. Afterwards, oh, yeah, absolutely it was. Moses, was it worth it? At the time, I mean, that was a lot of whiners. Once it's over, all said and done with, yeah, 100%. Daniel in the lion's den. I mean, you take any of them, Paul, the stripes, pastor, the burden you carry for this church and these people. We're not going to understand. It's tough to see it when you're going through the trial, but when you turn around and look, i got to believe it's worth it. It's worth it. When you get on that bus and you pick those kids up, it's worth it. Well, they didn't ride this week. Two kids ended up getting saved anyway. It's worth it. Those two kids, they're worth it. Those youth, those teens, they're worth it. Cal Allen, soul winning group. Sure, Abby's beating the pants off me winning souls. It's worth it. Church, I love you. And if you're going through a trial, I'm sorry. If you're not going through a trial, now somebody around here is. A brother, a sister, a mom, a dad, a crazy uncle. (laughs) They're going through a trial. Do your part. Thank you for listening to our audio preaching podcast. For more information about our ministries, or if you would like to get in contact with us, please visit our website at heritagebaptistcctx.org. May God bless you as you go forward with the gospel this week.